And there's no like on button. That's Try it now. Oh yes, there is. That's the on button. Okay, so I hear you perfectly fine in my damn headphones now. So basic IT. It's is only it, eleven it, minutes to do this. Is it turned on? Look, I could go into IT. Is your computer on? <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I love that. I love that. Welcome back. Season two, episode two of Feed Me Your Construction Content. All right. What is the purpose of this episode? Uh, I think it's a talk about me, Josh. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it's probably a bad idea. Let's do it. <laughs> well, the reasoning for it is I had some feedback. Fellow podcaster actually saying, you never said who Carolyn is. And I said, I thought everybody knew. <laughs> uh, does the name give it away? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I thought your reputation preceded you, but apparently not on this podcast. So Perhaps just in Virginia, maybe. Just in Virginia, yes. We are going to kick this thing off with an introduction. Carolyn, this is the gotcha question. Who are you? Oh, boy. Seriously? How long is this podcast? Uh, Until they cut us off the air. (laughs) This could be a multi-episode. Who do I think I am? Oh, Lord. Um, well, let me... I, I'll help you out. Yeah, break it down a little bit. <laughs> how, uh, how did you get into the construction industry? I was actually working at a retailer, a large box retailer. Um, and I wanted to be taught how to do something other than... I don't know. Not really customer service, but uh, I got into the cabinet design business. I'd been in operation sides forever and never on the sales side. So I felt that I should be taught something. So I uh, started learning the cabinet design business. Um, What what was that? So you, you were in the box store, you were doing operation side more? For most of my adult career, yes. Wow. And then... You were able to talk someone into letting you learn something more about the business. <laughs> well, right. I had been there a long time. <laughs> it sounds terrible, right? And and I'm 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 poking fun at it because I think that's how our industry is, is that we hold women back at sometimes and and other people backwards. We should be pushing you forward because there's so much more women bring to the table in our industry than what we ever our generations before certainly didn't think so. Today, I think we figured out that that's not true. Well, right. And I think that we can be taught things, right? So you have to have good mentors, um, people who are willing to uh, give you your time. I don't think that my mentorship at the big box store was all that great. (laughs) However, it provided me a platform to leave and do better things. And then I was recruited. Recruited from the big box store? From, yes, yes. A recruiter who reached out and I was like, man, I've only been doing this for a short time. You don't want me. And they're like, well, we're looking for other positions besides a designer position. Why don't you come join this team? And so this other job that I started, while it wasn't full-time design, it was more of a project coordinator position um, for a very large multi-state cabinet company, kitchen and bath company. And what's interesting about the job was that based on my predecessors, 
I was like, hey, well, if they can do this, I can certainly do this. And I went into full-time sales, um, but really never any formal training as far as like accreditation, that kind of thing. I've had two people in my entire 15-plus career, 15-year-plus career, ask me if I am CKD certified, you know, like National Kitchen and Bath certified. And I'm like, no, but I have some damn sense. So it's <laughs> and, amazing how far that'll get you. And you have some on-the-job on training. O-T-J, right. O-T-J? I, O-T-J. I, thought, I, I thought it was O-J-T. O-J-T. I think you need to, you need to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't figure out my acronym. They're going to try and figure out how you got your start. <laughs> if you don't know the acronym. Seriously, you need to cut that <laughs> Yes, lots of on the job. And, you know, speaking of mentorships, I had a gentleman who served as my mentor and he wanted to teach me things. I went into the field. Uh, That was an old salty dog, too. Yes. Yeah. What was his name? Jim. Oh, yeah. Jim. Jim Miller. Jim Miller. He was a great guy. Great guy. Amazing. I think salty is a perfect description. If something wasn't right on the job. He'd pack up his crap and leave. It. it he, he didn't take any crap. He, he he did not, but he took a shine to me, which I was like a sponge. So anything that I could learn, you know, being a woman in the construction industry, um, you weren't going to get any respect unless you knew what you were talking about or heck, at least appeared that you knew something. <clears throat> so uh, that's how I jumped into the cabinet business, um, started, uh, sales and I was pretty good at it. And lo and behold, Josh becomes my installer at some point in his career. <laughs> that, that was a dark, dark period in life. That was the great recession, which this is, uh, this podcast is being recorded in the middle of October, which we are, feels like we're staring down the barrel of, uh, of round two of that crap. Granted, Economic times are a little bit different, but certainly has. It's only ten years ago, so the 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 memory is still fresh. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, th- that's my story. I was at the company for almost ten years. Yeah, that's the start of your story. You did the cabinet side. You sold it. You also did some remodeling projects. Yeah, remodeling uh, for sure. Because our cabinet company, I mean, they. Pretty much did. Um, well, gosh, well, they wanted to do it all. Um, I took care of retail, uh, builder business, focused on relationships, and then learned a whole, whole bunch in the process. Screwed up some things, but that's how you learn. <laughs> I, I was going to ask if that's how you learned all these things. Exactly. And I know a lot. <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, you know, the takeaway is that you learn from it. You try hard, hard not to do it again because you you still want to remember the sting of what this felt like when you messed up. And I think that is one reason why I am good at my job. Yeah, for sure. And you did this was builder work too. So you're you're selling and overseeing the installation of of cabinets, new cabinets and Granite countertops, yeah, mainly Uba Tuba at that time oh, in your career. <laughs> Sorry for all the uh, listeners that are having flashbacks at the moment. Mike, I'm sure you're listening. listening. We we don't use Uba Tuba anymore. <laughs> One of my customers 
Bless her heart, just picked out Ubatuba. <laughs> it wasn't a Karen. <laughs> it was not. It, it, it was not. And, you know, it looks fantastic. You damn there. right it looks fantastic. Everything looks amazing, right, Josh? You you learn from the best. <laughs> Listen, if it's their selections, and we're not the designer on that job, we support the selections they made. It's not our job to second-guess the decision they make because it only creates more problems for everybody in the process. It's always been my approach to no, it. It's, it's tough because, you know, you, you try to fight your own design style with your customers. And you're like, look, it looks it looks great together. <clears throat> it's not my style, not my thing, but it looks great. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think that's the thing is that everybody has their own design style. And I'm not – I don't have any uh, letters or alphabet after my name, but – I think I'm a designer as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, well, and it's an interesting point that you said. I, I don't have any alphabets behind my name. And I, I struggled with that for a long time. I think sometimes I still struggle. Oh, the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome, for sure. Um, you know, when you work with, you know, I don't know, just these class of women and men who have been at it for so long. Um, it's, it's hard not to fear that you aren't good enough. And it was interesting because my coworkers over the years, you know, have always said that I was talented, um, that I didn't need, you know, the the proof, right. Uh, the experience gave me credibility and then just the success of doing a job well, it sounds so silly, but, you know, designing it correctly, installing it correctly, being cognizant of the parts and pieces that go together to make a well-crafted install. Recently, I just left a job where I had gone back to design um, after a, a, a period, after a break and one of the installers, he'd been at it for a long time, one of our you know, preferred installers. I got so many compliments from him, and he was a, another salty installer. <laughs> <laughs> and when I told him that I was leaving, he just he just he couldn't believe it. He said, "You know, you're one of the better designers that I've worked with." Um, and you have all the right pieces. And I've just never seen anything come together like that. I mean, to have a guy like that say that um, really spoke very loudly to me. Um, and again, just helped me understand that I was a good designer. It's not just about this pretty picture. Can you deliver? And that's what was important to me. Well, look, as as someone who has installed, someone who's overseen crews that install, has helped with purchasing on installations, it is critical to have a drawing that actually works and not just looks good for the customer. It's what looks good to the customer, but then actually works in the field. And I think there are very, I don't think there are enough designers that take it personally to understand cradle to grave their design to the install to the usability is usability the right word uh, you know. <laughs> but this is not a vocabulary oriented podcast my god <laughs> but it's you know because you can you can win fans 
you know, you, you start off and you win this fan and your design is beautiful and it completely falls apart during install. Talk about, you know, doing a remodel where someone is living in their house. You've completely torn apart their kitchen. And oh, by the way, you've just messed up a critical piece of their design. And they're going to be without another kitchen, without an operating kitchen for another four weeks because of something that was completely preventable. Well, I mean, what about the the kitchen remodel that I took part in installing the cabinets, maybe the tile backsplash. I don't know what other components I was doing for it. Demo all the cabinets out. Yeah, yeah. Start putting the wall cabinets in, start pulling some measurements and find the soffit that's above the cabinets is running down a hill <laughs> and the cabinets are going tight to the soffit. I informed the homeowner that the soffit is out and he says, what do you need to do to fix it? I said, you need to get whoever installed it to come in and rip it out and redo it and do it right. <laughs> to which the customer said, I installed the soffit. <laughs> <laughs> So we, he, uh, the customer found a way to improvise, but you know, that was a difficult project because it wasn't anything that we had done wrong. I think the salesperson, you were not the salesperson or the designer. I think the salesperson just didn't do their due diligence and think through each piece of that job and what it was going to be. But that was a major, uh, F up. Which, you know, how many days of labor did I lose and how much money did I lose? But that's the nature of the business, right? That's why you want a designer, a salesperson who really takes it personally to get it right. Exactly. There's real consequences. And so I no longer design. You know, no, you know, <laughs> that's not true. You no longer do cabinet sales and cabinet designs. That's, that's correct. You have exited that piece of the business. Correct. You went back to a builder. Yes. I would argue, um, not in size, but I think in quality, culture, and who they are, I would argue top two builder in Richmond, Virginia. I would agree. Maybe. I think it's top two because I, mean, you know, I don't want to ever say they're the best and then they'll make a mistake or something. And there's oh nobody to, have, oh you know, to come in and help them. So, I, you know... That was a brief, brief history. I mean, there was some things in between, right? I worked for another builder in selections. You worked for that builder for a five, while. Yeah, five years. You, yeah, you worked for that builder in, in selections, so doing Whole design time. center work. And then taking the customer would do their, their structural options with the sales agent. They'd come to you at the design center, and then you would pick out everything from, I don't know, carpet to paint. Everything in between hardware and trim. So yeah, from a, you know, a, a, a builder that has a selection center. Yeah, exactly. And I had left the cabinet job to go to this builder because I thought that I could fix them. <laughs> but I was the answer. Because what it, that's, that's what we do, right? Look, I'm not cutting that part out because that is that, I mean, that's who we are. And I'm sure that, uh, if anybody from that builder is listening, they say, well, we, we brought Carolyn in because we thought we could fix her the, the same way they're right, about right. me. <laughs> yes. So, again, the, the fixer complex struck again when I left said builder to go work in new home sales. So, you – okay. So, why you left that builder where you were doing the design is my fault – <laughs> I, I thought, and if you haven't figured it out by now, Carol and I are married. 
been together for four years. Married for four years. That's what I'm saying. We've been married for four yes, years. Yes. Um, you know, the clock starts over. Um, I was urging her to go into real estate and become a realtor. You earned your real estate license. Yes. You took the test. You did all the work. You were nervous. You passed. I cried. You cried. And then. I did nothing. But it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it was an exercise in losing a bunch of money and sleep and stress. But money, money's, money's so money, replaceable. It's, it's all about chasing something more and I, I think the whole point of this podcast is to show people that there are so many different avenues that you can go in in construction and make money and you've done it in several right but i helped well i encourage you to get your license you did and then i had this great idea that you would talk to the director of sales at the builder i was working for um and because she was a broker for a real estate agent i said What's her name? I can't remember her name, so I'm going to have to cut out some of this. But I said, would you mind talking to Carolyn about the real estate side and selling real estate? Because you have knowledge on that. She said, I would love to talk to Carolyn. I said, oh, that's great. (laughs) And then we met, and she essentially offered me a job. (laughs) And, And I just knew, again, that I could help. No, this this was definitely the fixed complex. Cause <laughs> totally. It was totally the fixed complex. You no offense, home, Frank. You would come home, and I knew that you were struggling with certain things that I knew that I could fix. I could help, and I wanted to save you. <laughs> and, you know, in all fairness, you weren't wrong. I thought that you could have helped us on that sales side. I thought that we were very weak on the sales side. We were, our document control was atrocious. We were getting burned on the production side. We had a new community coming up. It was, it was probably good, but it was a little scary having both of us at the same builder. Oh, and let not, let's not forget that your brother was there as well. Yeah, Justin was there as well. So three McMahons, because uh, we had just been married since May. 2018. 2018. Yes. And then, and then I left in June. My boss at the time understood that I had outgrown the position, pretty much told me to shit or get off the pot. I.e., if you're not happy, leave. It's time for you to leave. And so I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I joined uh, my husband <laughs> at another builder. And uh, new home sales had never done it before. I thought I was pretty good at it. Uh, you know, the, the the biggest part was just lack of training, really. You, you were good at it. You sold a spec that hadn't moved in, I don't know, nine months, I feel like. I mean, it, it sat forever. Yeah, so I, I think that there was some success. Uh, I knew that I was not happy. And I don't know if I would have been happy long-term doing this. It just it didn't feel right to me. I didn't... Um, didn't fuel my soul. And um, I had talked to my former employer because I kept, you know, tabs on everybody. And um, I don't know the way it transpired. I, I was hired back in three days. So <laughs> my, my little, uh, whatever, I don't know what they were calling it. 
um, when I left. Uh, I had a sabbatical? My sabbatical. That's exactly yeah. what they called it. A sabbatical. I don't know if that really means that you were like in a mental institution. No, no, no. Of course no. not. <laughs> Take a sabbatical and go to Europe for a month. So, yes. Yeah, so I took a sabbatical for six weeks. <laughs> and I think I may have vested you in the shortest employment with Josh. <laughs> Maybe? No. 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 Come on now. (laughs) Yes. So then I went back to the builder and I tried to do something completely different. And I left the design side of the business and went into the office, sales and settlements. Yeah. And it was one of the worst jobs (laughs) ever. Talk about crushing your design spirit. I think it crushes your it crushes your desire to live on days. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I would get to work at six o'clock in the morning uh, to get things done and teeing up for closings and things like that. And uh, but the best part had to be getting to the closing and find out you don't have a CEO or the superintendent in the field is coming in sideways with his damn hair on fire. And like, I got it. It's all under control. It's like, <laughs> they have, how can everything be an emergency? All the time. Well, the thing that was so interesting about that was that, you know, you learned so much about the backside of the business from yeah. you doing that role. Absolutely. And I was like, you guys need to get your asses in gear and get these homes done two to three weeks prior to us closing the home. No more of this crap. And, that, and really, that's just not done. <laughs> that's, that's not done. No, Nobody. finishing the home and getting a CEO is not no, done. No. That's when the, that's when everything starts. You know, I'd left the job, had gone back, sales and settlements. Um, I think had mastered that portion of the job. Uh, the design side was calling me back. And uh, then I went to go work with Ferguson. And what's interesting about that job is Ferguson and the builder, you know, had a long lasting, long standing relationship. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, wanted to tiptoe around it, to make sure it was okay that I left the builder and went to go work for Ferguson. This was a deal that was in the works for a very long time. Oh, pre COVID actually pre COVID. (laughs) Right. And, you know, a salesperson that we grew very fond and close to, you know, had always said, you know, you really need to come to Ferguson. You know, they do things completely different. And so it was something that was in the, you know, the background for a very long time until it was kind of, you know, blessed by everyone and but then, you you have to respect that part of the business, though. I mean, I think it's just the 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 it's politics. Is it, I, I mean, it's it's politics, it's right? It's, it's respect for others, which sure. I think is important. Sure. So then, uh, February, March, twenty twenty, right? I was offered the job. And I didn't actually start until July, <laughs> yeah. and it was so weird. So and and nobody knew at the company. Well, I take that back. My bosses, of course, knew because they had blessed the, you know. Well, COVID definitely messed some things up yeah. on that front. So it was it was interesting. <laughs> so I joined the team. I was so glad to get back to it. I really was. And what is interesting about this is that when I went back to Ferguson, let's see. One of my design besties, Amy and Dave and Kelly and Sam were all there. And they were all there when I left the cabinet company years ago. So it was like... It was a reunion. It was a reunion. It's like, these were my people. Yeah. Uh, No question about that. And so then when I left them a year and a half later, (laughs) you know, that that was tough. 
That was tough. Um, when leaving, I think was more. Oh, I think leaving was really because you just had outgrown that part of the business. Like selling and designing cabinets was. You didn't. It didn't fill your energy tank anymore, which is the real reason. Like you thought that's where you wanted to be. You're around your people, but. I, I'm just speculating. You know, let's just be honest. I wanted to make some money. I want to go back in real sales. That was the reason. How about that? And that's that's a fair reason. Is it a fair reason? Yeah, if you want to go back into sales because you want to make money. Yeah. So What's I, wrong with that? I wanted to earn like I had earned years prior in, in a main sales role. And so I went to go do something completely outside of my oh this this is right and this is a great story uh because (laughs) this could be a whole nother podcast and we hope to have this cat on jeff will definitely be coming on here yeah at some point uh, because jeff you need to be able to you know speak for yourself on this topic but basically i'm gonna run point on this one okay because not that he worked there or anything not that i ever worked there but i have done business at several companies with this uh, subcontractor. Uh, huge fan of Jeff. Um, not a fan of the operations of this company. <laughs> I think they do a great job selling product. I think they do a terrible job of delivering. And I am outspoken about it, and I've done a lot of things to try and help them bridge those gaps. But that's that's a different podcast. Me and Jeff will get into that on our show. <laughs> but we totally stepbrothered this interview. Carolyn on the phone, conference call style, with me standing over her shoulder, drilling the interviewer on what he was going to (laughs) do to support Carolyn in this new role. So, you know, Josh took the high road and did not say, I told you so. I did not. I did not ever say that. And and I will not say that when you're around. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This interview with Carolyn, the new co-host of Feed Me Your Construction Content, was so powerful that we had to break this thing into two episodes. So we hope you enjoyed the first episode. You get to hear of our technical difficulties. This podcasting business is no joke. Uh, A little bit about her career and her journey. Tune in next week for for the conclusion.